Good evening and welcome to episode 48 of the Racing Line podcast um, here on Monday evening, the night after the um, Austrian Grand Prix at at the, uh, what is it, Red Bull Ring? Spielberg. Spielberg, the Red Bull Ring. Yeah. Um, so tonight we're coming to you with a little bit of information about, obviously, our opinions on, on the MotoGP from last night's race. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Sunday morning's race. Uh, which was uh, the Iowa 500 that took place in St. Louis in IndyCar. The Bomarito 500. Yep, two races to go in the IndyCar Championship. It keeps getting closer and closer, so we'll have a bit of a deep dive into IndyCar as well. And then we'll also preview the second half of the Formula 1 season and what it means for um for, for the next couple of rounds of the championship. So, Harry, Joe, thanks for jumping on. I'll say the same thing I say every week. How are you going? How was your week? Very well, mate. How was yours? Phenomenal. I'm just excited for some Formula One to be back, mate. Yeah, it's been, it's, been uh, a it's, it's 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 weird. It's because we we ha- we've probably said a f- only a handful of good things about it all year, but when you lose it for a couple of weeks, you um mm. you are a little bit puzzled for things to do on a Sunday night. You know what else? Though, because even Chelsea Chelsea lost the leads this um this week, so it was a it was a very lean weekend. I'm not saying anything until tomorrow. Yeah, it might be a, yeah, it might be a um might be a long it might weekend. be a, yeah, yeah. It might be a, anyway. Um let's jump straight into it boys. We'll begin with um the MotoGP that took place uh, like we said in Austria over the weekend. Um if you haven't watched it, we'll give you the top 3. It was uh Paco Bagnaia bouncing back again um to take the win. Fabio Quartararo in second. Um, when halfway on, a little bit before halfway through the race, he was sitting as low as eighth, um, and made, was able to charge through the, to second. And then Aussie Jack um, has kind of found some real consistency uh, and came home a close third. So, um, Joseph, we kind of said that um, Peko needed some help from the Ducati boys to kind of bring the championship back into his favour. Halfway through the race, the championship differential was down to 24 points um, and then it kind of slowly crept back out as as Quattararo made his way through the field. But what did you make of the race, buddy? I thought it was a fascinating race. Um, about halfway through, I got a bit worried um, when it looked like that um, the tyres the tire situation that uh, Peko and Jack had gone for seemed to be the wrong one. Um, I mean... If you think about it, it's probably one of the better races of the year, to be honest. And there wasn't really that much passing in it. Um, I honestly, I did think at one stage that we were going to get a Ducati train that would really give um, Quadraro some problems. And even the um, Aprilias looked really good at the in the opening stages of that race. But uh, sort of bit by bit, um, the uh, sort of cards fell and people fell by the wayside. I mean, Bastanini was first with his... Um, serious brake fade problem he had when he, he just had no brakes coming into the um apparently the... it was a deflating tire it wasn't even a brake issue Crafer said it was a a deflating tire that actually well, even even scarier i'd say then mm-hmm. but that was that was actually that actually looked pretty scary until it somehow magically sort of pulled up just before the air fence mm-hmm. as he was going across the gravel i was like man that's not slowing down anytime soon mm-hmm. um what did you think of the race because i thought quadraro put in a masterful performance that sort of speaks to his. Uh, I think this. I, I think 
the first the first thing I noticed was traditionally Jack Miller is a hard tire guy and it bites him in the butt. So then when I saw the tire choices for this week and and him and Peko had gone for the soft softer option, it kind of just surprised me a little bit because they they always tend to be a little bit more conservative just with the the way the Ducati operates um, and, and, and choose its, its tyres up. So that was interesting and it kind of seemed to play out in towards the back end of the race that the the harder compounds we saw with Martin and with Quattararo um, just seemed to have a little bit more edge to them. Even Zarco, if you were looking at his lap yeah, times throughout the yeah, race. Yeah, true. But the most interesting thing for me, I thought, was we had that Ducati dominance uh, in the first half of the race. I counted... In that first half, there were seven out of the top eleven were Ducatis. Yeah. With this, yeah, it was just like I think Mir, um, Quattararo, and not even it two, was um and the two was, Aprilia boys. The two Aprilias, uh, Rins, because Mir crashed on the first lap. Mm. So it was it was, it's a dom- it was they were dominating. It. I think the biggest um thing that probably let the Ducati boys down was the new safety sh- chicane that they've put on the second straight, because before that, that is you know an uphill climb you know, pulling, you know, all gears to get to the top of it and then braking. Uh, and then all of a sudden we've we've kind of cut that in half and, and put a, a very nimble chicane through it. So that that whole section of the track now um, has probably, uh, you know, come back to the rest of the field as opposed to being like a Ducati circuit because it doesn't have the same super long straight that it used to anymore. Um I mean, they and still then, looked pretty dominant, though. Yeah, they did. I mean, it was like it's it was interesting because I think the whole race quarter was faster than than the two boys at, in the front, the two Ducati boys. But with that car, like sorry, with that bike, particularly when you've got Bagnaia on it, you know, Quattararo can get to the back of them, but then getting past them is is another thing entirely. And even the the pass that he made on Miller into the chicane um, came out of ballsy. nowhere. Yeah, and it was strips ballsy. ballsy, like he probably very easily could have could have binned it himself but it was like that's how desperate he was to to make the move because you know any other part of the track just wasn't going to give him any any um any yield so yeah the, i think the new track was interesting i kind of like the that it's got a chicane there because it just makes it kind of gives a very simple track another element to it um i think i was even thinking it could even add another element to formula f1 one race if f1 was to race there um moving forward and to use it too but it was a good race. I think, you know, Bagnaia has done everything he needs to do, but unluckily for him, um, Quattararo was still awesome. So I feel, like, I feel like one of the most infor- one of the more unfortunate things in that race was was um, due to uh, Bastianini's tire deflating. He mm-hmm. came out of the um, what is it now the fourth corner, yeah, and um, he he fully turned sideways, and Zarco mm-hmm. who was coming I think fourth at the time or fifth. Yeah, um, got, had to take yeah. evasive action and lost about oh, four or five spots. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel like if those two bikes had sort of stayed in the way, um, um, they still yeah, would have had, had a, he would have had a much harder problem getting through. But man, um, the, the other pace, problem was the Aprilias seemed to fade as well, and the Aprilias were giving him a bit of a run for the money run for his money early in the race yeah. and then they kind of seemed to fade as well and we knew that going into the race so we're talking their chances down pretty much all weekend um but you know once Aprilia started fading and and it was and he was able to kind of get to the back like the the fact that the the top four for most of the race were tripping over each other as well 
just kept Quadra in the in con- just kind of in the in the box seat to to make a move whenever something happens. So the, the most exciting thing for me is the fact that Bagnaya keeps taking it to him, um, and if he's able, like, there's going to be more races where Ducati does well, and I'm sure that you know there'll be races where he can kind of pull a bigger gap, um, but. He just needs to keep going. He needs to Ooh. keep going to, to bring the championship back to him um, because right now I think it's still could be 40, 40 points. points right now. It's 40 points. Yeah. So, so it's still what? Eight, it's eight races of first of, of winning and him coming second, which I don't know if, even know if there's that many left. Well, there might even be only six or seven races. He, yeah, he need, what he needs is to get a – he needs to get a win and he needs Quattararo not to finish on the podium. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the champ, – like if the championship's within one race and then there's the pressure of falling – which kind of plays tricks on people as it is. If if that's kind of there, then um, then the championship's still on. And I think the fact that Aleish was able to finish, I think in fourth sixth. at the end or sixth, kept him. I think maybe thirty think points be behind. 30, yeah, thirty points behind. So there's still pressure from from Aleish as well. But interesting race. I wouldn't say it was the most enthralling, but gee, it felt long because it's such a like a yeah, short circuit, it like did, it, it did feel it felt like long. a long like race. 30, what is it? 30, 28 laps, but like it went, it took a long time to wind down. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. What do you think of the news about um, tech three and um, the gas, gas branding coming on board next year? Because I, um, I thought it was about time that um, sort of KTM brought one, another one of their brands into the sport since mm. it's pretty much free marketing for them. The interesting, um, the interesting thing for me was, um, like we'd been hearing for a number of years, of years that um, Husqvarna um, was likely to become the brand for the Tech 3 team. Um, and we've seen Husqvarna in the Moto 3. I don't know if they've got a Moto 2 team. And I think kind of Gas Gas very quickly had a the, the Aspar Moto 3 and the Aspar Moto 2 team. So it made sense for KTM just to, to kind of shift... Um, the branding to gas gas as opposed to Husqvarna because they did have the stepping stone from motor three into motor GP. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like it's always good to have a new brand. It's obviously the, the, the same technology as, as the KTM, but um, yeah, why not? Why not have well, a, one thing I'm interested in now is to see if we're going to like, so KTM have their own motor three, motor two, motor and the motor GP team. So it mm. sort of has its own little Academy. I would like to see though if the if the gas gas sort of family now will will use that that academy independently. Mm. Um, I was hearing news over the weekend that it, um, that uh, about Remy Gardner and his whole seat situation. Well, he he and came out not- today and he came out today and said that he's all but expecting not to be in the grid next year. That was yes, from today. I saw what that. I- so what's what what does he do moving forward? World Superbike probably is the most realistic. Logical one. Yeah. Is, is, is that like moving from Formula 1 to Indy? Like what's the kind yeah, of comparison? That's exactly it. Okay. okay. Oh, you I know mean, what? It's probably it's, it's a better jump than that. Yeah. It's probably from moving from Formula 1 to World, uh, World, World, World Endurance. Endurance Championship. Yeah. Like it's still... He's if, Hypothetically, he's young enough. If he was to go to World Superbike next year, I don't know what team he would be riding on. But if he was to go to World Superbike next year, there's some big names in World Superbike. Jonathan Ray, um, Toprak, 
Um, the new Honda boys are, are, are doing pretty well. You know, the BMW riders are, are pretty established too. If he was to go hypothetically into World Superbike next year and win that championship, um, he would with, come back. Yeah, with Top Rack being kind of ex- like he's expected to make his way to MotoGP himself. So if he was able to go straight over there and dominate, then I think he would find his way back into MotoGP. However, if he was kind of just to go in there and be one of the kind of cogs in the wheel um, and, and and was just there or thereabouts, I think that could spell the end of his aspirations for um Would, so, would it be racing. a better decision for him to go back down to Moto2? No. Why? Because no. then he would stay in the paddock and if he was to then have another championship season, he would be in the prime spot to then make a comeback. I, I don't like think he's already won it though, hasn't he? Like, yeah. what's what yeah, we've, we've, seen, we've, to... we've seen double Moto Two champions. You can before. stay in Moto GP if you win it. Like that's not a problem. Zarco's done it, won it twice in a row. Um, the interesting thing for me is if he went back down, I don't think he would be on the um, KTM team, um, and I don't think he would win the championship if he wasn't on that team. Why is that? We've said we 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 have not the KTM team winning the championship at the moment. We have the, now the Asia Honda team leading and we have the um, the Valentino Rossi team in a close third. Yeah, there are definitely think, bikes yeah, to the, do it. But the reason, the... the reason for that is because the two best riders last year both progressed out of that team. So they've obviously got, they've got a guy that went Moto3 straight into Moto2 after one year. So he's going to take, Pedro Acosta is going to take a year. We can talk about him in a second because there's, even talk about him going to to Honda. Um, but, but yeah, so, I don't... So, so what I'm saying is if, if um, Fernandez doesn't win the championship this year, mm-hmm. does KTM then still push him up into MotoGP? Well, Joe, this is my new hypothesis since gas gas came out with the new branding what jack dixon yeah does that jake mean dixon does if because jake dixon has won a couple of races it's, i don't know if he's ready for moto gp but if they are trying to start a gas gas academy and they want to show the progression of a rider from moto 3 to moto 2 to moto gp um then dixon would be the likely candidate not even fernandez but why is that he wasn't in moto 3 with gas gas because he's had a good enough season to make the progression, um, and he's and, he, and he's gas gas right now. The only reason the, the reason I asked that is because I had the same thought, and my thought process was Jake Dixon is the best sort of talent that's come out of Britain uh, for a long time uh, in Moto in uh, sort since of the whole. Scott Redding. Yeah, literally since Scott Redding. I mean, um, John McPhee hasn't Danny done Kent. anything. But even Danny Kent did nothing. Danny Kent was a world champion, but he did nothing after Moto3. Mm. Um, And and I feel like Dorna would probably definitely want a British rider on the grid, um, Mm. considering they've got like seven good ones in World Superbikes at the moment, but nothing in MotoGP. Um, So for me, that makes sense. But the the only sort of hesitation I have is that you would then be sacrificing, I, I would say, a better rider. Um, in Remy Gardner for someone who's not proven in um, in Jake Dixon. And then they'll say the argument is Jake Dixon came from uh, British superbikes, which are very hard bikes to ride, much closer to a MotoGP bike. Mm. Um, and he's won races in, that, in, a, in a very strong sort of championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just hate to see Remy lose his seat uh, for something like that, where, where you know- it isn't really his fault. 
you know, like, it's interesting when we talk about Remy because I made the point last week, and I don't want to just rehash old comments, but he won a championship last year being quick and being consistent, but very much being on the best bike. And and he, with the bike that he had, with the team that he had around him, he deserved to win the championship, but he also was expected to win the championship. If he didn't win the championship last year, he himself said that his aspirations for getting into MotoGP were pretty much done. With someone like Jake Dixon, who hasn't been on the the one of the, the top two or three bikes in the champ in in the competition, for him to get a few wins is actually something to be um, excited about. And we've seen people from Moto Two who haven't been able to win a championship, go up into MotoGP um, and still Quata. be uber competitive. I mean, exactly. That's the point I was going to make. Like, Quarter was never on the top bike in Moto2. Um, and everyone kind of thought that his Moto2 career, if anything, was a bit of a, um, you know, Fair underwhelming. Yeah. Under, like, there was questions about him um, having you know, the credentials to even make the move into MotoGP. So the interesting thing for me is because Dixon is still a very much an unquantified resource because we don't actually know how good the bike is. Like he's obviously on an Aspar team. The Aspar is always pretty good, but I wouldn't say they've been anything special since, I mean, Alicia Spargo was with them. So there's still something about him that has an X factor, whereas Remy Gardner, we've known his Moto2 career for the longest time and it was kind of just up and down until he got onto the KTM. Um, so he might have, like, we might know his maximum potential at this stage. Um, and even still, this year, it's a learning year. It's a new year. He's the best of the rookies on a bike that's underperforming, yes. But even with all of that being said, with those young riders that come into MotoGP, there's normally the eye test. You have test to do something that, special. Yeah, there's all, normally the eye test that kind of shows the audience, hey, this guy's got what it takes. And I think even though Gardner's had a good rookie year, there's nothing about it that makes me say, I think this guy's got it. And 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 World Superbike might be the place for him. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a fair assessment, to be honest. Um, I have to I have to agree with that. And I think the, what was the last thing? Oh, the last thing I wanted to bring up. What do you think about the um, revelation yesterday that they are adding a sprint race on Saturdays? to the um, MotoGP Championship. So you have qualifying on uh, Saturday morning and then there's going to be a half-length sprint race on Saturday afternoon and then the actual GP on Sunday. What's, what's up, H? I found it strange that they're doing it every race weekend. Mm. The reason I feel like they're doing it every race weekend is because realistically, I think they're trying to draw a bigger crowd on the Saturdays and have something else for the eyeballs on the Saturdays other than qualifying because qualifying, I think MotoGP qualifying has gotten to a stage where it's a, it's a little bit stale. Um, And if you, um, I think they're taking something from their world superbikes offering where there's three races, but one of them's a shorter race. And what it allows you to do is a, it allows the, the teams who haven't got sort of the tire life preservation to sort of, mix it with the best in, in a shorter race because they don't have to worry about burning their tires as much. Um, so like you can imagine um, if everyone's able to strap on some super softs and go half length distance, 
you you might have a um a ktm in the mix a bit more or a few more yamahas in the mix a bit more or even a honda just because the the, the riders aren't as worried about burning that tire as much as they are sort of um actually getting stuck in there especially considering the qualifying results uh sorry the the, the finishing result in this uh sprint race doesn't affect your starting position in the um actual gp like it does in f1 mm. so i feel like it's a it's an interesting idea to offer a bit more on saturdays um the only like my biggest qualm with it and it's probably the same as the sprint races in formula one right yeah i feel like with the whole spectacle of a grand prix whether it be moto gp or formula one is the aura that there's nothing about it that should be gimmicky like it's just the best cars the best drivers you qualify you race and there's nothing about it that throws a spanner in the works for use of a better word now the weather might do something like that or the tires that you use might do something to that regard but i mean if it's if you're going to call it grand prix racing for me personally i just i don't like it i don't like i think the Probably you, another, but do you agree that the sprint races in in um in uh, Formula One make you more interested for the Saturday? No, Zero. no. I, I love quali. It makes yeah, it I, makes me more interested yeah. in the Friday, yeah. not the Saturday. Formula, see the thing. Look, we can talk about this for hours and hours. But Formula One qualifying was is there's the debate that it's actually more engaging for that period of time than a formula one race like there's actually a debate about that it's like a very good formula i think what dawna have seen is that when world superbikes have gone to the sprint race there and still two races they've kind of seen something in that and they kind of think like they can pick up part of that success as well but i don't know for me personally i just want one grand prix race on the sunday where the dogs fight for it because the other I thing did is, put, sorry, I, the other I, thing. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I think we're lagging. I did put a question up on the Instagram page, mm. um, asking what people thought of it, and I had a couple of people respond saying, "Could be a good thing for the sport because it seems that a MotoGP weekend is lacking something." Mm. I want to see how it goes. I want to see how I enjoy watching it because I do have. My one gripe I had with MotoGP is I feel like the races are usually three laps too long. Um, I feel like by the end of the race, you're sort of wanting it to, to, to wrap up. Um, and so to see, to see just the excitement that a half race will bring on all the tracks, I think next year will be an interesting proposition for, to actually watch it. Um, and if they were to say, yeah, it doesn't really work, we'll go back to the normal formula. I, just, I probably would still like them to take off just a little bit of each race, even if it just allows the drive, the riders to not have to manage that the the tyre wear as much because I feel like that's um, becoming probably you know, the biggest part of the racing at the moment. The thing that has to be taken into consideration as well, particularly in a two-wheeled sport where people fall off the bikes is that there is already in a MotoGP season that is shorter than a lot of other racing seasons. There's already a lot of injuries and there's already people that are missing races and that are riding uh, wounded for a number of races a year as it is. Mm. So if you're, if you're doubling the amount of times they're racing, 
Now, granted, there's still practice and qualifying, and they fall off like that too. But in a race, it's it's different. If you're doubling the 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 chances for them to have you're to just worried about Mark Marquez, mate. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> but if you're doubling the chances for them to have to go balls to the wall, like 36 times instead of 18 times a year, and let's say that there are more injuries because of it, well, then the product is diluted. And that's then the, true. But and you then can also look question. at the way that they're saying we're offering. 50% more marketing value to our customers who are giving them literally 50% well, more racing what, every year. If that's what they've said, well, then that's the reason. It's for no uh, other they, reason. They, they haven't said that. I, they haven't said that, but I just thought of that in terms of we're giving you literally 50% more racing without adding any new rounds. What's, what's, what's the point allocation for the sprint? So it's going to be half the half of the MotoGP points. Um if you win a sprint race, it's not going to go to your GP win count, um, but there will be a podium for it. So, like you won't, if you win a sprint race, you're not going to. Ha- it's not going to count your GP's one. Yeah, it'll be and its own category. That, then that is like that in and of itself. Sounds gimmicky. Why race? Why race if you're not going to get a win? Yeah, so but then, it's the same thing about so then, the super sport race. That the um the super pole races in World Superbikes. I don't, don't like the super pole races, Joseph. I'm not. I don't just. I hate them too. But if you if imagine you're a young rider who's been trying to like busting their ass for you know for however long to to win a race in MotoGP and then it's like oh you know what congratulations you won the sprint on the Saturday but you're still not a race winner. If if you were a young rider and you won a and you won a one of the sprint races that would probably be enough um, in terms of like a boost of your your talents to to put yourself out there. And probably give a few people who who are on bikes that can't maybe last the the, the length of the um full race before they start fading like like we saw with the Aprilia's yesterday to actually have a chance at actually a bit of the spotlight. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a you fan. are you are a traditionalist. I'll give you, you that. I, sometimes I you know what like they should actually do then, and if they want to do that, like if 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 motorbikes want to go to two race format. By all means, do a two-race format, but then do an overall, like in motocross. As in, go two literal, like two literal, do even two, length races. Two two shorter races, a Saturday race and a Sunday race. They both count yeah. for GPs, and then oh no, they won't. Yeah, the overall, overall will be your, overall will be a GP winner. Yeah, but I feel like that in, that only works in motocross. Like if you had that in motorbike, someone would cross the line on the Sunday and and not have the trophy. That would look a bit weird. Or you just but, have if if you're gonna go do that, you just have two separate, thing. Yeah, you'd have two to change separate podiums. Yeah. Listen, you know what? What MotoGP we've been saying it for years is the best racing category in the world because of the spectacle that it presents in that one race. So if it ain't broke, why have well, you know why make changes to something that is awesome as it is? No, I'm not well, a fan. I'll t- I'll t- I'll you say that. I'll tell you one thing me. though. They said that that from the, the did you do the big MotoGP survey last year? Who? You. Yeah, I did on motorsport.com. Yeah, so that big that their official motorsport survey, they said that it has validated the choice of doing the sprint format because that was actually what the the fans who voted in the um survey that was a unanimous decision to actually have a sprint race on the Saturday. So I feel like if 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 they've had facts and stats to back it up, at least in the first year there'll be enough people giving it a chance because it was actually the majority. Um, I'm did actually, you, I'm, did you I'm say all for yes it, to, to be honest. Yeah, I, I thought it would be a, uh, at least something that would uh, spice it up a bit. I love, problem, this, I, I love I love the um, 
super pole races in World Superbikes because you, you get to see a few more bikes that can't survive the, the length of the race, like the BMWs actually push for wins. Like I feel like that in itself at least gives value to those brands like BMW in that or maybe KTM if in, in MotoGP that they could actually, even if they have no chance on Sunday, give them a bit of the spotlight on the Saturday to actually entice them to it's always trying to keep brands in the sport, just give them some shine, even if it's not an overall GP. On that, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. Yep. Moving on to um, the world of IndyCar, IndyCar boys. Ross. So, gee, we got we got blessed this this Sunday morning, eight o'clock start. Didn't have to wake up for it. Awesome race. Kind of got a bit long in the tooth at the end because of the rain delay. Um, but Harry, what did you make of the race, mate? Was that your first oval race that you watch live? Uh, no, I watched. I may have watched this one last year, actually. Okay. Because um, of, of the time. But, yeah, um, Yeah. look, I was excited. I miss, I think I messaged the group chat on Saturday saying, I can't wait, keen as. And then we had this massive delay and I had to, Do I had to leave. Yeah, so <laughs> I had to live my life. So yeah. I, I ended up watching the mini again um, just for the, the second half of the race kind of thing. But, yeah. mate, what a finish again. You know, you've Malukas. got Malukas in, on the second last lap overtaking Scotty McLaughlin to get P2. Like, if, this, if he had one more lap, he would have won the race, I reckon. This sport, like, nothing is ever decided until, like, the final corner. Like, it's insane. Mm. Yeah. What's even yep. more insane is last week we were saying, look at Will Power and Scott Dixon right at the end of the season coming to the top and, mm. then, in, and then insert uh, Joseph Newgarden between them now with yeah. two races to go. Yeah, uh, the um... championship is uh, it's 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 bonkers. Like you hear the you hear the um, comment regularly for more NASCAR than IndyCar, but you know how hard is it to turn left? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and it's kind of like you can understand why someone who hasn't watched it might say it, but the nuance of that race, the kind of the understanding how the tires go off, seeing some of the moves that one. I mean, it might have been Newgarden off one of the, the second or third restart where he, he kind of went around the outside of... Anyway, the, the race... like four or five cars if in you watch, yeah. two if laps. You watch the start, If you watch the first couple laps and you're looking out the back, trying to just trying to see the traffic at the back, and you, you'll notice Rosenquist just going outside mm. the, like the whole first mm. couple laps. And I think he made up 13 positions in like four or five laps or something, something insane. He was in the top 10 after starting yeah. Stone Cold last. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, he so made like up 13 in the first two laps or something. Yeah, something insane like that. And then you well, watch and you watch some onboards and you actually see how much they're fighting the wheel. Mm. And you realise, yeah, it's not just about going left. There's a lot of sort of um, sliding and, and... Well, because and, the first half the race, it might have been 130 laps. That was all green running. Yeah. By the end of the... By the first safety car, the upper banks of the track was literally... Um, no man's land. I mean, if you got up stuck in that, mm. you were you were going into the, into the wall. And we saw that with you know Jack Harvey. It seemed like a fairly innocuous incident, but he just kind of got into the into the shingle, as Mark Scaife likes to say, and it just kind of rode him into the wall. But um, happened to McLaughlin too. I think when O'Ward mm, took him on one of the restarts. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but we've got two two races left in the season. Um, well, how much? Portland is it? and Laguna. Portland and Laguna Seca to 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 end, to end the season. What is it? Sixteen points between the three of them. 
yeah, something bonkers. And I think like, Lagoon is going to be a double points round. Yeah, so I mean, like so, that's going to be massive. Like this championship. I mean, we can't keep harping on about it, but but so even like if you, if you think about the the start of that race, the top seven cars on the grid were the top seven cars mm. in the championship. So we can we're definitely seeing sort of like that elite group now, mm. and the teams really. Um, well, turn, they're obviously turned on and, and, and ready for qualifying. But also, like, you're seeing that the race at the front of the grid is really going to determine um, the result of the championship, and you'd rather that than have, like, some freak incident that, that sort of cancels mm. one of these guys' chances of well, a championship, yeah. which doesn't seem to be happening. That's the point I was going to make. At this stage, obviously, it's, 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 it's obvious to say, but for any of those drivers right now... Um, a DNF and you and, and the and the championship's over. I mean, I can imagine being imagine being Marcus Ericsson right now, two weeks ago <laughs> in Toronto, his car conked it with two laps to go. Like imagine yeah. how he's feeling about those 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 just that, that loss of points that that he's recently you know incurred. But here's your tip, a, mate. Um I think Newgarden is going to take it, to be honest with you. I can't believe he's won five races this year and he's still not yeah. in the championship. Like he yeah. must have—he's had such an up yeah. and down season. That's, well, that's New, right. Newgarden has has had. I think what did he won two championships, but I feel like he has always been the best racer every year. He just yeah. has races where he either crashes or disappears. He's the Jeffrey um, Hurlings of IndyCar. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know who that is, boys. Sorry, it's um. He's the most talented MX rider probably ever, but he always injures himself. So he never it takes doesn't him win enough championships. championships he's, yeah, he's injured. Um, yeah. yeah, so I feel like if if Newgarden doesn't do anything stupid, he definitely has a big chance of winning it. The only thing is that I, I think Will Power and Scott Dixon are seasoned veteran seasoned veterans at closing out mm. these championships, especially Dixon, like. I think Dixon's right is, is right where he wants to be. Yeah. Um and and you can sort of notice that Power and Dixon are not make are not taking sort of um half chances or risky opportunities. Yeah. Um Yeah, I noticed that Dix Will Power was letting a few people pass him this he was weekend. Like, you're not, you... He's like I'm not racing you Pato, you're yeah. added to championship. You can go. Yeah. You know, Lucas, you go race with the big boys. Scotty mm-hmm. go race with the big boys. Um yeah, the, I'll it, take it, my points. The thing that is still going to be very interesting is Laguna Seca is a Ganassi track. It has been for the longest time. Which is Dixon, right? Which yeah. is Dixon, even Pelot. Like, I don't know what, where Pelot finished in this race. If Is he still within 40 points of the championship? I think he's, he, you would say he's in with a shout. But, yeah, but um, he needs a bit of things to fall his way. He would but, need, yeah. He needs to win Dixon, the double points and have some mm. of those guys not finish. If Dixon could, if Dixon was to have a showing at um, Laguna Seca, which is, you know, very much a possibility, then you know I'd still put the money on him. But the the real issue is right now Penske just has all their drivers in on fire, exactly on fire. So like, if they're all on tune, the best that Dixon's going to finish is fourth. Like I don't think like his consistency this year has been admirable, but. There, he hasn't had this, the the pace of the Penske of the Penske cars, and if they're all firing, and it seems like McLaughlin has, has kind of 
at a stage now where he's kind of on par with the the rest of the stable so there's going to be no easy you know opportunities for dixon to kind of um to get out and do it and, and unless he gets the help from Polo and Polo can can kind of get up there too and i mean obviously we've seen christian lungard in the second half of the season definitely take his racing to another level uh, towards the end of his rookie season but i just think that the way that Penske are going right now, everybody's on on song. I just think the championship will probably come out of there, and just based purely on wins and form coming towards the end of the season, I'd have to say Newgarden might might run away with it, not run away with it, but you know just get ahead um, at the end. So I'm still hoping on I'm mate. still hoping on power. Come on. Yeah, yeah, all of us are hoping on Lee P. Yeah, I mean, would you reckon if he won it, he would retire? No. How how old is he? Forty-two. Is he forty-two? Yeah. If I feel like if Scott Dixon's going, Willpower's not going to stop. But the thing is, Willpower is the kind like Willpower is by nature like a little bit antagonistic, and I can just imagine him winning it and being like, "F you, I'm out on top." Just to mm. kind of go out on his own. You know terms. what? Though? I could I could see that happening. And then he could go race for Penske in the bloody World Endurance. He's had so many um unlucky seasons. I could definitely see him wanting to leave on top. Mm. But um, well, he's the thing just is, though, tied Andretti as well, hasn't he? On qualifying on pole. Yeah, yeah. on pole. Like if he was to if he if <laughs> let's say he was to take the lead of that um, pole award, pole award this year, win a championship, win another race. Yeah, I feel like if if he if he got the pole award because he's always been sort of the pole lord, um, at least he if he's not going to catch Dixon on wins. At least he'll have a bit of history himself that sort of he he really deserves. Mm. Um, so yeah, I suppose if you put it like that, I can see it happening. But um, I feel like he's the kind of guy that if he won it, he would actually feel like he's going to come back and do it again. Because yeah. the thing about Dixon and Will Power is it's sort of like they have the cheat codes to always being competitive. And, and until they're not competitive, I feel like they'll, they'll just keep doing it. Why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. I, well, it's sort of like Jimmy Johnson only started, only retired when he actually wasn't good enough in NASCAR to, to, to be at the front. While you're, while you're good enough, you're going to keep doing it. Unless well, you're Nico Rosberg. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Like, I mean, that's just still... That's still the, like I can't think of a better way to go out, but like there's something about it that's just like an, mm. an f you poetic. to yeah poetic, but it's also just like you know come and get me. You can't, you know what I mean? Like I won, I did what I wanted to do, and no one's going to take it away from me. I'm literally like the epitome of leaving on your own terms. Like there's nothing about it that is. Do you reckon Lewis would have done that if he won last year? No, you know why? No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to bring our podcast into disrepute, but before we got off to the off the IndyCar, um, before we got off the IndyCar topic, Matt Brabham just won again on the weekend. I saw uh, that. Yeah, Indy Lights Aussie, who's kind of had a foray in IndyCar for close to ten years now, doing a few Indy 500s, getting a shot with Pertec, doing Indy Lights, third in the championship. Um, is he a uh, you see a chance of getting into IndyCar next year, boys? Do you think? Where's he going? There's not enough seats. Well, he's in Andretti right now. Um, 
Who did... leaves Andretti? Grosjean? No, I don't think Grosjean's leaving. That's unfortunately. No, I'm just saying, could he find his way to like... This is like, could you see someone like David Malukas, right? As David Malukas could very easily find himself in a better team next year. Well, you know, I... No, I don't he's, know where. He's, he's signed for for next year. Coin for another. Well, okay, what about Kyle Kirkwood's leaving AJ Foyt next year to go into the Andretti team? There's a mm. seat at Foyt. Could they take a, um, could they take a risk on someone like Matt Brabham? Yeah, but here's my, here's you know, my question: Has Matt Brabham shown enough that, like, if you had a seat available, I think he's had you, three wins this year, Joe. Yeah, but like, he's. But let me finish. Has he shown enough that if if you have a seat available. You're gonna you're gonna give a seat to a, a relatively older rookie, or if you've mm. got someone like I don't know Ryan Hinchcliffe on the sideline, mm. would you go? Do you want to come back for one more no, year? No, no, no. You think that's done? You no, think the Ryan, older generation Ryan, is gonna get yeah. phased out? Yeah. There's nothing about the older generation that. Like they bring nothing to the sport that a young driver couldn't. I don't think. Actually, you know what? You know one team. I th- I feel like he could go into if if um he was to 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 give it up. Maybe Rahal, because I think Graham sort of got to the end of his uh shelf life. Sort of like he's reminding me of Marco Andretti at the end of his yeah. career. Yeah. Um. So I feel like just the, the only the only way you're gonna get it is if if, if he gets a drive like that. Or if at the Indy 500 he puts on a good showing, like sort of Connor Daly did a couple of years ago, well, we've and seen, Ed Carpenter walks away. We've seen someone like I mean, Kyle Kirkwood was an Andretti driver in Indy Lights. Yeah. Wanted to, needed a shot in Indy Car because he was kind of had done everything he needed to do in in the Light Series. Foyt put him up for a year before he made his way into the into the Andretti main game. I could see something like that happening again. Because um, there's a maturity about him. Like he's not. He, I wouldn't say he's the youngest driver. Like I think he might be 24 or 25, maybe even 26, even 26. Um, but there's a maturity about him. We've seen him in the main game before, in the chances that he's got, and he's you know able to, to to get a few wins. So I could see him in a lesser team, even someone like Kunkos, um, you know, a team like that. But I think, I think it would be awesome to see another Australian. Um, Getting into in the, the ranks, yeah, like you know, yeah. How did the other? Uh, how did Hunter McElroy go? I don't know. Not sure. I'm not sure. No, I'm th- not sure. I think we're um, you know, a couple of years ago, if you said to me where the Australian motorsport landscape is looking pretty strong, I would have not laughed at you, but I would have been like, no, no chance. But at, you're looking mm. at, at the moment, you're looking at F3 and F2. We've got some pretty strong mm. drivers. Yep. We got. You know, the championship leader in IndyCar is a Aussie. We've got Oscar, we've got Daniel, we've got a couple of guys in Indy Lights. Like, it's looking, internationally, we are looking strong. And I know there's a few in WEC as well. Every but, Aussie yeah. who's on the map at the moment is in a pretty good position in terms of their championship, except Remy Gardner, unfortunately. Mm. Other than other than that, like, if you wherever you look, Dewan's showing p- promise. The um, Indy Lights boys are showing promise. Will Power's in the lead. I mean, Danny Rick's in the dumps, unfortunately. But um, look, we've got a pretty strong strike rate right now. Yeah, yeah we really like, do. Matt Campbell's racing for Porsche next yeah. year, so everyone's kind of performing above the average, which is which we're is awesome. We're knocking out sixes. We are. 
Um, we just we just can't get an Aussie winning the Supercars Championship. That's all. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Will is a great. Um, Kim Waters is the best Aussie on the um, on the planet, mate. Come on. Yeah, give him an even car. Um, he'll he'll show you. Um, let's finish with um, a little bit of Formula One chit chat then. Season returns this week. Spa Franken Champs, isn't it? Yep. I think it is. Great track. Might be the last, the last summer, actually. We're at Spa, which is an absolute travesty to even think it. Weather like, forecast is rain, boys. We, oh, I'll tell you what, that's that's a good that's a good recipe for me. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of a wet spa race. If it's a wet spa, I'm gonna you. say this I'm gonna say this now. George Russell. Yeah, you know what, Joe, I was thinking the same thing as you to be honest with you. Of course you were, you're twins. But yeah. Twenty twenty one we had a wet race. We got what? One lap in. Yeah. I think that was a bit of a um I think ball. that won't happen again. Based on, uh, based on, like, could you imagine two years of people buying tickets and not seeing a race? I don't think it would happen again. And I think the other thing we have seen this year, the 24 hours of Spa um, Superbike race, wet. 24 hours of Spa um, GT race, a little bit of it was, was wet. Like, you can race on that track in the wet. It's fine. Like F one balls up. Stop being a bunch of wusses, mate. Man get out up. there and you want to be the best. You want to get paid like kings. You got to race, mate. Yeah, but it's not the drivers. The drivers want to get out there. Some of them don't. Uh, you know well, who doesn't uh, want to? You know who's Seb. always a bloody sook? Seb. Dr. About no, the rain. He, he only complains when someone crashes. He doesn't care about rain. He hates he's, the rain. He's 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 my whole thing about rain. <laughs> Fuck if you, don't you want and go- your Danny Rick bias, I'm sick you of your shit. No, no, he, he's he's my he's my gripe about rain. If you don't want to race in the rain, just go slow. No one's telling you you have to go as fast <laughs> as the guys in front of you, right? Um, unless you can't see any rain lights, but then you'll look like a bitch. Yeah, but like <laughs> we we have seen drivers. This, this look pod like, just got loose at the end. We've seen drivers look like bitches in the rain for eons. Michael Schumacher made everybody look like a go-kart racer against him in the rain. Senna was right? a goat in the Senna rain. Senna in the rain as well. Like looking looking bad in the rain is just part of yeah. of, of the sport, you know, yeah. and that's what makes us respect it, the mate, best just, of the best. It differentiates the men from the boys. Eh? So every time Fernando we get Alonso rain, Alonso in the wet. Every time we get rain, Lance Stroll. But the, the thing of the thing of rain is rain is is the great equalizer. Mm. Yeah. It's the great equalizer, and like I was saying about the sprint races in MotoGP, it's the one way where you can give everybody a relatively um, even, even, chan- a chance, even yeah. chance at performing. Like we saw Latifi um, in the in the rain in the Williams, the fastest guy in in, in what Q1. Mm. I mean, that's never happening on on any other day. So mm. for, for for these wet sessions to keep getting cancelled. All we're doing is adding to the predictability of the sport. And every chance you finally get a, a, a bit of jeopardy, we go, oh, no, it's a bit dangerous. Yeah. Let's let these, like, let's wrap these kids up in cotton wool um, and wait for the sun to come out. It's like, no, you race at three o'clock, you qualify at three o'clock, just whatever, the, uh, unless it's a tsunami, let's go. Listen, if it's, a, if it's like bloody Japan 2009 when. Yeah, I said, it was unless a, it's a tsunami. Yeah. Obviously, there's 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 a reason for that. But if we're talking about a couple of mil of of standing water, like Monaco got these, this year, 
you've got those cars Monaco's moving around. different, it. though. Yeah, Monaco, yeah, fair enough, Monaco. But if Monaco you've got shouldn't be there. You've got a place like Spa, which has got more gravel trap right now than ever before. You've got cars going 300 kilometers an hour very quickly. That water that's on the ground is going to be cloud in the air. Mm. So get out there, get going fast. These, these drivers, up until they get to Formula One, have raced in horrible conditions. They have the control. They have the ability to drive these things. They aren't even the talky monsters that they used to be in the past. So get out there and race and put on a show in the wet. Stop being a bunch of wusses. I'm excited, but I love this yeah, track. The best track in the world. I'm just Second hoping, best track in the world. I'm hoping a few of the teams have made some, done some upgrades over the, over the break. Mm. Um, development stepped up and, you know, we see some closer racing. It's not just like it was previous to the break. The biggest, um, obviously the biggest talking point will be Ferrari. We need yep. to see. Uh, we have to see whether they the bed. Yeah, exactly. Have they exercised their demons? Um, that'll be an interesting side oh. note. I'd like to see how the battle between um, McLaren and Alpine continues to develop. And I think probably the thing that excites me the most if it is a wet race, I would love to see Alex Albon be able to fight his way into a point scoring position because I think that might be the opportunity that he needs to get the kind of uh, respect that he deserves from the season he's had. And a wet race would probably give him the ability to to kind of stop knocking on the door and actually get into that top 10. So I'd really like to see him kind of get some credit for what he's been able to do with that car this year. Yeah, spa quality is always great. Wet quality too. Uh, it does say some. It does say some rain on Saturday, but obviously this could change. It's only Monday, but yeah. I reckon Sonoda will crash in P one, quality one. <laughs> I reckon Magnussen will spin. I reckon Stroll will just be slow. I reckon Vettel will be slow. Can I ask the question? If it's going to be raining, I reckon raining, Ricardo will be sixteenth. If it's going to be raining, when was when has Stroll ever been slow in the rain? No, but recently last, he has actually. He hasn't been quick in the rain the last year and a half because mm. he just has no confidence. That's my that's my that's my Q one exodus from last to fifth last. Sonoda, Stroll, Seb. Oh, sorry, Sonoda, Mag- Magnussen, Stroll, Latifi. Danny Rick, not Latifi's going to be out of it. Q1, no he's going to get way. it. Danny yeah. Rick killed Did you kick spa. out Danny Rick yeah, and he's... leave Latifi in I am Q2. so sick of Come his on, Danny man. Rick hate. That's some absolute. That's, that's, that's. Can we, can um... we post, can we, can we record, like, can we capture this somehow and then. No, I'm not putting bloody your bullshit predictions. I, I feel, I feel like that's a very, like, um, <laughs> reckless statement right there. I feel like that's a, click, a clickbait statement. It's sort of you being fed up of your team and taking it out on Danny Rick because I, I, I can't agree with that. I can't believe you've just said Latifi, who's only got out of Q1 once you can't, you in his you career. Can't, you, can't just gonna... say, you can't just say in the last wet race, Latifi was fastest in Q1 in the wet and then be like, oh, he's not going to get out of Q1. No, I said, he, I said he might. But if you're going to go off one race of, I'll tell, you why. I'll tell you why. Because the Red Bull, sorry, because the McLaren has downforce issues. So even in the wet, 
the McLaren doesn't perform and Le- well. And Lat- Latifia's driving fast issues, right? There. <laughs> 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 I mean, Fair I mean come on, man. He, has, he had one moment of magic. And you're going to you go, yeah, he's, he's got it. He's got you know it. What? Time Danny tell. Rick's won races for crying out loud. Time, Danny Rick is not the same Danny Rick, Miss Skeen. Oh, Miss Skeen. Um, time will tell. And we'll only wait four Can days. You explain to all these non Maltese people what Miss Skeen means. You it's ethnic? like poor, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Nah. He'll come good. Sword. He'll come good. I hope so. Anyway. He'll come good. So that's, that's, my, that's my prediction for Q1, to be honest with you. I agree with it all except for Danny you Rick. You know what? Yeah. So if I swap Danny Rick with, with Latifi, you would agree with it. Who else have you got again, sir? I've got Sonoda, Crash. I've got Magnuson, Spin. I've got Stroll, Slow. Vettel, Slow. Ricardo. Well, I feel, I feel one thing that what, what I'm agreeing with you is I feel like Williams do need to pick up a few more points because everyone's talking good things about them, but realistically, their points all is is still three very underwhelming. very underwhelming. Um, and for all the steps they're taking, they're not taking enough steps quick enough. Um, so I would like to see a f- like a, a few more out of P, uh, out of Q ones, uh, just a bit more consistently, and just give Albon a few more tools just to sort of attack attack that mid pack. Um, because he always seems to be there or thereabouts, but the car is is still undercooked, um, and it still has a has a pace problem on the on the on the softer, stickier tires, which is weird uh, in itself, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not helping him in terms of just getting the overall pace that he probably wants to race with the midfield. Yeah, um, and they, and and this break should have given them some time to to. You know, develop the parts that they obviously need to be developing. Yeah, I mean, it's about it's about time. I want I want from you two hot takes for the weekend to finish off. I said one Russell winning if it's wet. Yeah, that's not a hot. Mm, Okay, I'll give you that. That's a hot take. Yeah, that's a hot take. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, Leclerc Leclerc loses it going through um, a a rouge and. Totals his car. Oh no! Really? Orlando did it last year. Let's just wait and see. All right. You're, you're H- telling me that he, you're telling me he hasn't had uh, re re instability problems with this year. Fair enough. Um, I'm thinking Lewis win regardless of weather. I think I think the Merkel are regardless of weather. I I reckon Max and Leclerc will have some issues, and I reckon Lewis will be next in line, take the win, and Gasly out in Q one. Which I don't know if that's really a hot tip, but Gasly out in Q one. Can you have something a bit braver? A bit braver. Like uh, Alonso, best of the rest, or something a bit more. That's not really that brave, though, is that's, it? That's that's not even that brave as well. Nah. Uh, all right. Danny Rick to out-qualify Lindo. <laughs> you, know, you know what, if you think Ooh, about it. That's a big if, one. If it's a dry race, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the Ferrari engines blew. Because <laughs> yeah. those straights be long. <laughs> mm. I like that one, Harry. Danny Rick to out-qualify Lando. That would give me some optimism in life. Oh, mate, I'll be happy in if he's life. 10th. You have a baby anyway. coming, bro. 
What more optimism do you need? <laughs> Motorsport is life, man. What are you True. talking about? Okay, uh, there's some, some good thoughts. Why are you having a baby? Oh, because McLaren's doing so badly. I need some optimism in life. Oh, nah. Come on, Does Joe man. listen to this, mate? Only the start. He listens the to end. the start and the end. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, boys. We're going for another half hour. <laughs> hey, I think you've got a few um, a few hot takes to post up this week then before the mm-hmm. race. We'll see if got that it. gets any traction. But, boys, it's good that Formula One's back. MotoGP, IndyCar are giving us some thrills and spills, which, all, which is always good to see. Um, and, you know, we'll do this again on the other side of... Um, Spa. Yeah, on the other side of Spa. I'm just thinking, we don't orbit anything in a week, do we? What? We don't orbit. Like, the world doesn't orbit anything in a week. It does what? It does seven rotations. So we'll do it again in seven rotations. What are you talking about? Do you know how people say, like, when See it's you someone's on the flip birthday, side. <laughs> no, when it's someone's birthday, they, they say like shit, like we'll do it on like when the when the Earth's gone around the sun one more time. They say stuff like that. I've never so, heard any. I, say I think that it ever. takes a year, mate, not, not a week. Exactly right. It takes a year, but then I was thinking, what, what happens in a week? Nothing. It just rotates seven times. So yeah, we'll um we'll go about it again in in seven rotations. You're trying really hard to extend this podcast so Drew can hear your, your, your comments, <laughs> eh? <Go on. laughs> All right. Boys. I'm, I'm leaving. I've got Game of Thrones to watch, guys. Thanks so Not much that for I your didn't time. Enjoy this. Thanks for your time, everyone else. Thanks for listening. Um, like I say every week, please get in contact, ask some questions. Uh, if you'd like to be on the podcast, shoot us a, shoot us Massage. a message. We'll be more than happy to have guests on the podcast to get some other opinions on the week in racing or you know anything that you might be interested in like we're a pretty uh pretty uh inclusive bunch now uh, we'd be more than happy to to kind of hear your input and stuff like that so please get in contact um keep liking sharing spreading the word and um we'll see you He's in a week stretching time. it so thanks so much for your time guys have a great night thanks, thanks boys mate. see you mate see you, see you. H. H.